The sponsor for the Shepherd's Creek Podcast for the month of November is B&H Academic. B&H Academic is dedicated to providing trustworthy theological resources to serve you as you serve the church. Visit bnhacademic.com to find resources you need to help prepare sermons, tackle tough questions, and aid you in personal spiritual life. Also, starting November 20th through the month of December, you can get 40% off on all of their books. I'll provide the link in the show notes for that. And also, we're going to be providing the link for the giveaway that they're doing with us for the month of November. You can get five great books just by going to the link on Twitter or Facebook, signing up, and sharing. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 68, and today we're talking about the pastor and hospitality. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need wisdom, and I need your help as I'm going through this. Help me to speak clearly and accurately according to your word, and help people just be challenged by your word and hospitality. I pray for pastors that we would grow us in this great word and in this great act, hospitality. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get going, I have two quick announcements. Number one, the giveaway. There have not been too many people that have signed up for the giveaway, but it's a really good one. It's B&H Academic. There are five academic books on... Uh, Baptist polity, and then four on Baptist polity, and then we got one that is Spurgeon Sermons, Lost Sermons, Volume 3, that's a great book, I've got that, and you want to sign up for this, if you sign up, just go, if every listener just went and signed up, we would still, uh, it still really wouldn't be that big of a giveaway, this one's not really taken off yet, and so I would love for you to go sign up for that, just follow the link in the show notes, and you can do that. Secondly, the cohort, I would love for you to be a part of the cohort, we have room for 15 guys, it'll be a video cohort the last Saturday of every month from January to June. I've got a document, a one-page document. If you're interested that I can shoot you, if you just that I can send you, if you'll just send me your email if you're interested, and then you can just kind of look over it. It's not the full syllabus of everything we'll do from month to month, but it has the books we're going through and just the general content. And so if you would like that, please let me know. If you do sign up and pay or donate the $100, then you'll receive a welcome package in January that has everything in it. And I would just love for you to be a part of it. So please consider that, the cohort. All right, hospitality. Let's read it from 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're continuing our series on the qualifications of an elder. And hold on, let me get a drink of coffee from my Menards cup. Just a second. Menards, you just got a free plug. Okay. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, Sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable. There it is. There are implications with hospitality that go for believers and non-believers. Let's first start with non-believers. The pastor, in being tasked with being hospitable, sets the pace for an open home with the church. In Acts chapter 20, we find out that Paul ministered to people in Ephesus in both large group gatherings and from home to home, house to house and in public. And the home played a crucial role in the early church, and it's played a crucial role down through the history of the church, where the church is just gathered in homes. 
And the pastor gets this task, this call. If you're going to be in ministry, you've got to be hospitable. And that has implications for your home, how you're going to live your life and exist in the square footage in which you dwell. And so with this hospitality for non-believers, I think it has implications not just inside your home but outside of your home. It has implications like driving down the road and picking up a person off the side of the road who's hitchhiking, being the good Samaritan and taking care of somebody's needs at great cost to yourself for the good of that person who's created in the image of God. That's being hospitable. It has evangelistic implications when we're dealing with non-believers, but it has a way, it's just a way of life. Are you a hospitable person? Are you are you giving yourself and expend, it, helping people at your own expense and modeling this for the congregation? Hospitality is one of those ways that we grow as a congregation and as a church, and it's unmeasurable. How, how do you measure hospitality? I mean, you can't send a chart out and a graph and have people sign up and just ask them, how many times a week do you have people over into your home? We're just expecting that as people have the Spirit of God inside of them, we're just growing in hospitality. But as pastors, we get this great charge to model this and live like this for our people, being hospitable inside and outside of our home to believers and non-believers. So when we do this for non-believers, there's this interesting thing that we're told in Hebrews chapter 13 too. And here's what it says. The author of Hebrews says that do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. This is a passage that's, I don't know, sometimes weird, but I believe that. I may have, in my life, entertained angels picking them up off the side of the road as a hitchhiker. Maybe you have as well. You may have had angels into your, into your home, and you look them up later, and there's no Facebook page, and you've never seen them again. It may have been an angel. Well, This is our charge. Be hospitable to strangers, not just our friends, not just people in our church family, non-believers. That's the call for every single pastor or elder candidate. Be hospitable. Now, secondly, hospitality has implications with believers as well. And fellowship goes along with hospitality when we're talking about believers. Where evangelism goes together with hospitality to non-believers, fellowship has to do with hospitality and believers. Now, there are several ways that we can be hospitable to the people in our church and that we can model this for the people in our church. And I'll just give two examples, dinner and Bible studies. As we talk with our wives, and if you're, if you're not married, you've got to figure out your level of ability when it comes to opening your home to other believers as well. But... Talk with your wife and set parameters around how many times you as a family can have people over during the week. You don't want to be overly busy. You want to take control of your schedule. For my wife and I, we can do three evenings a week of church-related activities or friend-related activities. We have to have four evenings a week for our family just to be present in our home together. That's our limit. If that's flipped and we have four evenings out and only three evenings at home, by the, by the next week we feel that. And so you've got to figure out what's healthy for your family and what the Holy Spirit is, is leading you to do with that, and what's what's sustainable, really, for, for the long haul. Because if you do too much, you can burn out. That's why with small group and small group leaders, if they do if they host every single week for entire semesters and then semester after semester after semester, year after year after year, eventually you get burned out. And you've probably seen that before. That's why with any small group leader ministry, with, all, with any small group ministry, you know that there has to be a rotation of hosting small groups just because of the burnout that's inevitable. 
But you got to figure out how many days a week you can have people into your home and then do that. Invite people into your home. So you can do lunch and dinner at your home and then you can also have Bible studies. This is this is the pattern we see all through scripture is the home and large group gatherings, the church gathering at home. So this is, is what we'll do. Have Bible studies and have groups come over into your home and just model having open doors for your church. Now, there's some practical implications here with this if we're going to be hospitable. It's going to require our homes, and man, this, this is going to require a lot from you, and it's going to require some things from your wife. It's going to require our homes to be a comfortable place for people to come and sit or for people to come and play. And if it's going to be comfortable, it needs to look good on the inside and out. Now, you may not have a new house. That's okay. It doesn't matter. You may live in a trailer. That's okay. It doesn't matter. But what you do have can be taken care of and made comfortable. I lived in a 1973 trailer for years. My wife and I, before we got to be in our home now, for the first seven years of our marriage, lived in a trailer that I bought from a good friend of mine. And my wife did an amazing job of making that a comfortable and hospitable environment. I tried my best to keep the outside looking as good as it could possibly look. And I think there's something godly and holy and right about doing that. For us to not steward the gifts that God has given us well is sin. And so we need to take responsibility. If we're going to be hospitable and have open homes, men, make sure the outside of your house looks good. And do what you can to help your wife make the inside of the house look good as well. Don't make her work harder to be hospitable by just always making the house a wreck on the inside. If you're a filthy animal, well, change that. What if your wife went outside and did everything she could to make your work outside really, really difficult? Or just went in and made your office or your workspace in your home, if you have one, messy and filthy all the time? Well, so often that's what guys do is we just make it harder for our wives to do her work inside of the home because we are literally animals. (laughs) So change that. Don't leave trash around the house or anything like that. All of that plays into how well you're going to be hospitable or not hospitable when believers come over to fellowship or when non-believers come over and for you to evangelize them. So there are practical implications to this thing called hospitality that's going to require you to work at your home. Make your home a hospitable and comfortable place. And after all, the home is a microcosm of the family of God. And so when people come in, we want them to feel the kingdom being present. Jesus' reign and rule is here. We want people to feel comfortable and not condemned. We want them to to feel at home, and that they have a place at the table. And that's where we're going. We're a part of the family of God. We're going to feast with Him forever. And the dwelling place of God is with man. He will come and dwell with us, and we will be home with Him. And so hospitality is this great way for pastors to model the restoration of all things, where the glory of God reigns supreme, and we get to invite people into our homes right now and do what we'll be doing forever as the family of God And and that's just an opportunity we have right now. It's a commission to be hospitable. And so the challenge today for you is to be hospitable to both believers and non-believers. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.